Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All, that weekly show where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Annabeth, and I am joined by my other wonderful co-host, Nancy. Now, today we will be watching Season 4, Episode 17, Relief for License Trainees. That's right. This week, we are going to watch Bakugo beat up children. Or at least that's what we were promised at the cliffhanger of last episode. Yes, this is sort of the the last episode in this, like, I would say, like, three-episode mini-arc or whatever it's been. Where we get to see if our students fail or succeed when it comes to these brats. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. There, if I remember correctly, there are ice slides. Yes, I do remember that. Yep. There are ice slides, and Bakugo has a singular moment of character development. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's crazy. You're, this is all you're getting for a bit with him. All season, arguably. All, all season. <laughs> it's going to feel like he doesn't make a pivot at all. We'll see how he does in season five. Spoilers, it's better. Yes, it is much better in season five. So we're going to go watch this episode, and then we'll be back to talk about it. And we're back. We're back with ice slides and happy children and all kinds of things. But not initially. No, we actually start off with a a short recap, not too much of one, basically of the kids attacking the students with things like dust and these sort of miniature chain chomp-like things. The tongue Um, tank. Yep. And they go all out, just throw their everything at our students. Killer hula hoops. Yeah. To the point where present Mike, over doing his announcing duties, like, what the hell is up with these children? Why are they this powerful? He's clearly was not expecting that level of power from these sort of pint-sized children. Seiji introduces us to a concept uh, in MHA called the quirk singularity. It might have been mentioned in passing somewhere mm-hmm. previous to this, but if it did, I can't remember. It's the concept that, like, through genetics, basically, as quirks mix over time, they've become more complex and more powerful. Like, a really great example is, like, Todoroki, who can do two things. And as a result, you know, these kids are more powerful than their predecessors in, in a lot of ways. And... There is a concern, I guess, in the medical community that at some point quirks will become too powerful for individuals to be able to control safely. Yes. And uh, you can tell from the reactions from the teacher who's very upset and the other, you know, students, the other trainees that are here for the licensing exam, that they are very worried about this. But, you know, who isn't worried about this are our sort of three main characters for this arc, Bakugo, Inasa, and Todoroki, who just sort of blow off the giant attack like it's nothing. They are completely fine. Yeah, the kids are very unnerved by the fact that they didn't seem overly overtly bothered mm-hmm. by their assault. And they decide to pump it up yep. to the next level. And they're going to attack again. Heart, with heart eye beams. Yes. And this young girl attacks who I think she believes is Todoroki. And he turns around with, like, this sparkling, glowing face and reaches out to her in a very romantic way. She's completely caught off guard. I feel like this is one of the most memeable moments of the show, this particular shot of Todoroki, just because it is so out of character for him, because he's always so stoic and such. Um, But, of course, that that means it's not actually Todoroki. (laughs) 
Yeah, it turns out to be Cammy. Cammy's quirk is illusions. Yes. Which is really fascinating when you consider that when Toga was impersonating her, the ability that she was doing was changing yes, change bodies. Shape. Uh, so their quirks very dissimilar in, in method, but similar outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's even mentioned when they explain her powers that she's only allowed to use them under circum- certain circumstances or stuff like that. Like, there are restrictions. Because if you think about it, this is potentially dangerous. Like, if you wanted to do something illegal, you could very easily just look like someone else, as we see with Yumiko all the time. Um, Pretend to be teachers. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of there's sketchy... A, there's a lot of um, sketchy things that you could do. But it seems like Cammy may not be that smart. Nope. They also point out that they don't allow dating at mm-hmm. uh, Shiketsu, which is a real bummer. Uh, good luck enforcing that. But anyways, Bakugo finds this entire exchange to be absolutely hilarious um, and sort of imitates Todoroki's, <laughs> the, the fake Todoroki's stance, which I think may be the second most memeable moment. Uh, in this show. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't change the fact that the problem is still here and the kids are still attacking. And we have one upstart kid in particular thinking about how he is just going to completely blow them out of the water. He thinks about all the adults and all the cops and every all these other people out he sees on the news with reporters and stuff like that and how terrible they are with their powers, and how he is so much better than all of them, and how he's just going to show them. Megalomaniac child. Yeah, also, I think it's part of it is the fact that it's it's sometimes it's a lot easier to think that you can do something before you actually do it. Like, I know, as a writer, and pretty much every writer, like, they'll encounter someone in their life, they're like, oh, only I had just a little more free time, I would totally write a book. Um, sort of not understanding that it's not just an issue of having time to do it. It's a lot of work and effort, and it's difficult. You could probably say that about well, pretty yeah. much any job, it, though. It's, true of most creative endeavors, too. Yeah, it is, it's easy to look at something and go, oh, yes, yeah, sir, that's really simple to do. I could do a great job. But then when you actually try and do it, as these children are experiencing, it's not always that easy. Yep, but they don't have time to linger on this much because they're in the air. Mm-hmm. And Asa has used his amazing windy tornado powers to pick up the children and also all the items that they've been shooting around. They are very distressed. Yes. Um, but then it turns into actually like a rather joyous moment. Like we see Kami use her illusion powers to create sort of this northern lights effects. And we see Todoroki create these really fun ice slides with like these fire checkpoints and stuff like that for the kids to slide down. And they start getting really excited over this display of everyone's powers. Yeah, it's it's really great. We get a little bit of dialogue between the, the three main characters here talking about how they don't want to make these kids feel bad about themselves, but they want to be able to show them that you can do more with with your powers than just like attacking people or pushing them around. So they use their quirks to make this brilliant like slide display and get the kids to have fun. And they're having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And except for Megalomaniac Child, who's like, it's all gone wrong. Yes, it's all my plans. But then we have a very interesting moment where Bakugo kind of goes up to him and talks to him. And like he says, oh, like, you know, he he recognizes him as kind of being the leader of all of these children, or at least as much as a leader as you can be when you're like six. And he sort of like, you know, if you look down on everyone, they're not going to notice your weaknesses. You won't notice your own weaknesses. Yeah. 
which is a very eye-opening sort of moment into why Bakugo acts the way he does. Yep. It's actually a really nice character moment. I remember before season five came out, a lot of people pointed to this moment. And then we just, we don't see a lot of him afterwards to know if it was actual character moment learning or Mm -hmm. whether it was like a one-off line where Bakugo was just trying to get this kid to do what he he wanted. But it's a good, it's a good moment. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the kind of moments we should have been getting from him the entire series. Yay for self-awareness. Yep. He he realizes that he kind of looked down on everybody all this time and didn't realize that he isn't uh, totally the king shit. Nope. Uh, and I feel like it is awfully hard to claim that you are the king shit when you are surrounded by people like Todoroki and Anasa, who are, are really tough. So, but regardless... It has gone from being a situation that was very, lots of conflict to a very happy, joyous situation. And you have sort of All Might looking over everyone in front of him and thinking to himself, like, you know, what is the reason to be strong? Which is interesting. Yeah, he tells Endeavor that he thinks that the the, the reason is actually very simple as Endeavor is watching Shoto uh, use his fire to entertain small children because... The younger Todoroki is mm-hmm. a, a sweet boy with a good heart who just yes. wants to do right by the world. Uh, unlike his dad, who is kind of an asshole. So that's it. Everyone does a great job. Apparently, even the other students who we don't see do all that much this episode. You know, Gang Orca gives him a pat on the back um, and tells them to go, pretty much. Outside, uh, there's a conversation going on between the Shiketsu teachers and All Might uh, and Present Mike, uh, as well as Seiji, who's been hanging out with everybody. And Endeavor. Cammy's like, what y'all talking about? And they're like, you dummy. <laughs> um, they're, they're specifically talking about how... You know, the League bo- of Villains. Yeah, the League of Villains, how both schools have been attacked or targeted in some way, and they need to share information moving forward and maybe do some joint training exercises. Which I think is very smart. Like, it seems like there's not a huge, like, like I never was under the impression that, like, there was a giant rivalry between these two schools and the students never talk to each other and they all hate each other or anything like that. But there definitely does seem to be some separation. They only really seem to come together in times like this when they're doing these training for the licensing exams. So making more of an effort to communicate with each other and to be more of a whole seems like a good idea. Yep, it does. Endeavor tries to go congratulate Shoto on his good showing today, and he's not having none of it. He just blows him off. He slaps Endeavor's hand out of the way and says, I don't want to hear it from you. Like, you're a dick. And Endeavor says, you know what? I I haven't been the best, and moving forward, I'm going to try to, I'm really going to try to do better and to be a hero that you can be proud of. Yeah, like he said, it's, it's interesting because it's a moment like you feel like under different circumstances, had he not just had that conversation with All Might and been through everything he has been through recently, he probably would have been, you know, equally would have blown Todoroki off. But he says, instead he tells him that he's proud of him and he makes a promise to be someone that he can be proud of, which Todoroki also kind of brushes off. <laughs> this is actually a really important character moment for Endeavor. Yes. Moving forward in the series. This isn't necessarily all talk, which we'll start to see as as we move forward. But Uh, the scene doesn't quite end there. We have Inasa watching this exchange and seeing Todoroki being very unreceptive to his father. 
and sort of realizing that he needs to step in. So he punches himself in the face. <laughs> yeah, he punches. He probably punches himself in the face because he really doesn't want to be in this situation. But he tells Endeavor that he'll be cheering for him, which yeah. is, that's a big moment for Inasa. It is. Who, like, he hates Endeavor. For him to do this is a really important step forward for him. Yeah, this episode, despite being, like, kind of... Uh, small in a lot of ways has a lot of big important uh, character moments mm-hmm. in it and then endeavor walks off into this into the sunset and we get reflections from all mine about how everyone is moving forward and then we have uh, the commercial break and when we come back from the commercial break we do see that actual moving forward in time um we, we haven't remarked that you know september finishes up they're in october now summer vacation is long behind them we seek a little bit of Night Eye's funeral and get some reflections on the state of his agency. Santa Peter will be taking over, and you know he's waiting for Mirio to be able to return. And we get some also shots of the kids just in class, you know, trying to do math problems. Trying to do math problems. Deku seems really like on edge. Yeah. Throughout this entire remainder of the episode, mm-hmm. he's doing math real fast. Gets gets the problem wrong. To be fair, he's. One of two people who bothered to answer it. So good job, Deku. A for effort, at least. This section of the episode is so weird. Yeah, it is a really weird section of the episode. And I remember when it originally aired, like, the majority of the preview, like, this, you know, next episode, um, was on this stuff here. And it made things look very differently than it ended up turning out. Um, So you have this moment when Deku, who is being very intense, as you mentioned, you know, is sort of... Um, doing his best in school and so on and so forth. And then suddenly someone shoves a piece of cheese in his mouth. Was not expecting that. And it's Yuga. It's Yuga. Our wonderful French student. And he seems to think that Deku would really appreciate this piece of cheese. It's very awkward. It is very strange. It is very strange. And in fact, it continues to be strange for the rest of the episode. I really wonder if this was in the manga or if this is filler. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not bad. Definitely, I don't think it's bad or anything like that. But it is a little strange. We have a scene that follows up after this that shows Yuga sneaking up to Deku's window, his balcony, his balcony at nighttime, and looking in. And we get like this, a creeper, like a t- huge creeper. And then we get like some dialogue from Deku about about this is when. Aoyama shows his true colors. And I remember seeing in this and I'm like, oh my God, is he the traitor? Is like, he the UA traitor? Is, is he like, are we, have we not dropped that storyline? Is he evil? But no, he has left Deku more cheese. Yeah, left in a message that says, I know. I know. Which uh, Deku finds this whole event because he hears him out on the balcony and he sees the message and he is really just creeped out (laughs) the day after they have like special quirk training and Deku gets a chance to talk to him by himself awkwardly yeah they're doing um pressing their those ultimate moves and you see a moment before this actually where Kirishima is being very impressive and then Bakugo sort of walks by and gives Deku shit basically for not trying hard enough and for not developing his moves in any uh further way like he's not growing how he said he was supposed to which you know doesn't quite sit well with Deku but before he can do anything Yuga steps in again to show off his new move which is kind of like this concentrated more concentrated version of his laser that can shoot through rocks and shit like that and carve French messages into walls yeah and give him a tummy ache and give him a, a really extreme tummy ache actually to the point where Deku like asks if he can sort of 
guide him out of the room, and which gives him a moment to talk to him. Yeah, they're like, what do you know? And you guys like, yo, your your quirk's not compatible with your body. That's why you keep like hurting yourself. I know all about that because I've had to wear this belt since I was a child mm-hmm. because my quirk doesn't really jive with my body either. Um, and he's like, I thought that you would, you've seen really frantic lately. And I thought that you might appreciate knowing that you're not the only one. Yeah. And he makes this, a comment about how, how it's not good to focus on the negative all the time. Uh, and stuff like that, and the benefit of having surprises, because surprises make him feel better. So apparently, if you want to make Yuga feel better, the answer is surprise cheese. Or creep around on his balcony. Yeah, with more surprise cheese. But, yeah. (laughs) The the episode ends literally with a, like, frozen panel that's like, and that's how we became friends. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, as you mentioned, like, if maybe this was something that was added in after the fact, a sort of filler... Or maybe it was just added in because they realized that Yuga was kind of underdeveloped as a character. Like, there are moments sort of earlier in the episode that we kind of skimmed over where Deku sort of reflects on the fact that um, Yuga's a little different. Like, he doesn't eat lunch with the rest of the students. He has his own food um, because, you know, uh, the food at the cafeteria makes him sick. Um, And Deku reflects on the fact that he's always seen Yuga as being a little apart from everyone else and a little more of a free spirit who does whatever he needs to. Um, And it's definitely implied at the end of the episode that the the way that his powers, you know, disagree with his body causes him to crap his pants, (laughs) which is kind of weird. Um, I feel like that is even worse than um, poor, uh, than throwing up rainbows. Um, But, but yeah, I wonder if maybe they were like, you know, this Yuga character... We really haven't all that done that much with him. He's just kind of this cowardly character that's kind of weird and vaguely French. Maybe we should give him more. So. I don't know if they did, they chose the right things to give him, but okay. Mm-hmm. That's the episode. Yeah, this is kind of a weird episode because it is just like half of it is very much, you know, the little mini arc that we had with the students. And then half of it is just really weird. <laughs> I don't think it's bad, though. What do you think? I don't think it's a bad episode. I think largely the the beginning of the episode, like the the main storyline items, largely makes up for the rest of it. I think the character development moments from Bakugo and from Endeavor, Endeavor really carry the day mm-hmm. here in a lot of ways. And I think coming back to see this after we've watched season five, Mm-hmm. really drives that home in a way that it probably didn't the first time I watched this, like mm-hmm. as it was airing. But yeah, I like this episode a lot. I dislike the end of the episode a lot. Nobody puts cheese in my mouth that I don't ask for. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's That's weird. Also, don't creep around in my balcony. I'm liable to call the cops on you. Yeah, that is... You, it's funny, that moment where you see Deku's sort of freaked out reaction. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I would react that way, too. That is very strange. I would have already talked to the teachers by the time I got to class the next day and were like, listen, the bathroom is inside. It's not outside. Yep. And also, leaving me threatening messages and cheese on my balcony <laughs> is not okay. Yeah. And I would appreciate it if he didn't do that anymore. Yeah, because um, you think for a moment, it's like, what does he mean? What does he know? Does he know about his powers or what? The scene of him pressed up against the glass oh, looking in, I was like, good Lord, what is wrong with this? But I do I do like the episode overall. Who gets your plus ultra character of the week? Well, that's a hard one. I guess I'm going to have to give it to Endeavor because we do see him clearly internalize the advice that he has gotten from All Might and use that 
in his interactions with his son to make sort of a smarter choice for how to to deal with things. So I feel like that is not necessarily a going beyond moment, but I don't think anyone really goes beyond here. So I will give it to him for uh, taking an important step forward. Character development moments are important. They are plus ultra worthy. I'm mm-hmm. going to give mine to Bakugo for being like, I kind of suck. Yeah. Which, good job, Bakugo. I've been saying that since episode <laughs> one. I'm yeah. so proud that you've caught up with the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, like, season four isn't the greatest Bakugo season. No. Um, Like, he remains very, after the big fight with him in Windeku at the end of season three, like, we have a little bit of fun with him every now and then, but for the most part, he remains pretty stagnant all season. So it is nice to have something come out of him. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good. I really like more uh, self-aware Bakugo quite a bit, actually, mm-hmm. and yeah. this this was a good first step. But that that's it for the episode. We will no longer be dealing with these children. I mean, the kids that we the show is about, yeah. yes. But the, the students will we'll deal with, but not the tiny ones. The, not the tiny ones. But with that... If you want to talk to us about all the young children and their cool quirks and which ones you like the best, you can do so over on Twitter. We're at one for all cast. You can also find us directly on Twitter. As always, I am at incidentally Anna and Nancy is at watch Nancy tweets. Now, if you love the show, we'd love for you to leave a rating and or review on your podcatcher of choice. If it supports that really helps the show out, helps more people discover it. We always appreciate uh, you folks for doing that. And thank you to anyone who has ever rated regardless what the rating is. Now, don't forget, Nancy does that book thing, that book thing. Mm -hmm. And you have a novella coming out. Yes, I have the third novella in my Twin Kingdom series, The Wayward Tower. It's coming out in early December, which maybe by the time this episode comes out, it will already be out. So it is my retelling of the fairy tale Rapunzel, and it is the penultimate book in my Twin Kingdom series. The last one is coming out early next year, and then I am never doing this again. Never, No more rapid releases. They're, they are not for me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you'll get through it okay this time around, mm-hmm. one book at a time. Big thank you also as pointed out to all of you for tuning in on your morning commutes on Mondays or whenever you pop this pod in your ears for listening. We really appreciate it. We make the show for you. Uh, it really wouldn't be the same without everybody listening every week. Yeah, and I noticed just based on our numbers that we have very consistent numbers. We are very much, you know, not a big podcast. Not like some of the other projects that you do. But the same people seem to show up week after week. And that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, legitimately, seeing the numbers every week on, on the episodes is wonderful. A big thank you as well, of course, to Richard Acosta for our opening and ending credits. And a very special thank you to Nancy for joining me every, every week as we sit down to record this. Uh, usually after eating lunch, which is wonderful and yummy and, and good. I like food. Me too. But that is all for today. Next time, we will be watching Season 4, Episode 18, School Festival, when we will get into the bulk of what this arc is about. Exciting. Da-da-da-da-da! School Festival. It's such a Japanese thing. I have no real concept of it because it's not here in the U.S. Oh, definitely not. But we will see you and those things next time. See you then. See you then.